0: Welcome to press coverage. I'm Theo Greminger, and today I am joined by two guys who are very, very sharp with their fantasy football takes. But when it comes to actually being fantasy football players, as the young kids would say, these two are about that life. These guys <laughs> are playing a ton, in a ton of leagues, having a ton of uh, a ton of money invested in fantasy football all summer long. If I want to track down Mike Shope or Adam Krautwurst, they're easy to find. I'm going to find them in a draft room. And uh, this summer we, we got together on the Dominator, uh, Billy Muzio's show uh, for crossover week here at Player Profiler. And we really got after it. It was a great show. So I've been looking forward to you know chopping it up with Mike and Adam for quite some time. Uh, and we were able to work this one out. And it's actually fortuitous to get these guys on this week because there's a lot to talk about with the Buffalo Bills. And Mike is my go-to expert. Uh, if I, I think Mike, you know, when it comes to Buffalo Bills, you know, voices throughout the country, I think yours is the best one. And I think most people in fantasy football would agree with me on that. And Adam is one of the sharpest high stakes players in the entire country. So these two guys co-host the deep end podcast, which is, which is a show that's been a regular, regular listen for me for quite some time. It's a really, really good show. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that, but I'm just curious, how did that show come to be? Because, Mike, you, you've you been a sports radio guy. Adam, you've been a high-stakes player. How did you guys come to be where you're doing a podcast together? Uh, and when did it start up? Um, maybe start with Mike on this one.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's our fourth year. And Adam, look me up. It's my my uh, path into fantasy football is hilarious. And, and very. I've been very lucky how certain random events happen. And Adam had just come off winning top five in the main event and wanted to do a podcast. Do I have this all wrong? Maybe Adam. I think this is right. Uh, we were with Draft Sharks at the time. Yeah. And um, you know, I knew fantasy, but not as well as I do now. I think. Uh, but you know, with maybe with my radio experience, we maybe were a good fit. So yeah, that's how I remember it, Adam.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know Mike was into fantasy until I saw him in the Pros versus Joe's. And um, so, yeah, I looked him up and we hit it off and the rest is history. Now he's, you know, uh, six figures deep in fantasy football every wow. year and he hates me for it.
0: <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. You know, but he's not going to hate you for it when he takes down a main event. That's Or, true. or you know, you're, you're, you know, it's it's inevitable that, that you two guys are going to take down a couple of big, big leagues, as I'm sure you're in the contention for in some of your leagues right now. We've had the we've competed against one another. Um, we've also, you know, just talked a lot of fantasy football, um, Mike, why don't you share with everybody? Cause I think that there's like two groups of people that know you, there's the group of groups of people in the high stakes fantasy who really knew you for now you being a high stakes fantasy player, but you also are on WGR 550 in Buffalo. And why don't you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, that's, um, my, my career is hosting with my partner, the bulldog, Chris Parker, uh, weekday afternoon sports talk show on Buffalo's sports station, uh, home of the Bills and Sabres. I've been at WGR since 2002 in the same time slot, which is a long time <laughs> for, for radio, for local radio, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. And, yeah, I got into fantasy, you know, pretty seriously, maybe seven years ago, something like that. Um, and, you know, I definitely talk a lot of fantasy, maybe too much on my weekday show but try to do it in a way that's you know it's really just talking ball right like you you're, you're talking about players and and pr- predicting games everything like that, that that we obsess over in here and um you know try to make that relatable for people so yeah it's been it's been a pretty good run
0: yeah no for sure and highly recommend people check out Mike's work um you know when it's specific to the Buffalo Bills but i think that like tying in the fantasy like that's what's bringing a lot of people in there like would there be this much talk about Khalil Shakir this week if it wasn't for his performance last week? Like these things kind of all tie together. Um, and now you have young kids even playing fantasy. Like I know a bunch of, my my kids are, are a little too young, but there's like 10, 12-year-olds in my town that get together and do fantasy drafts. I think it's just amazing. Um, pretty much everybody kind of understands fantasy and it's growing and growing and growing. Adam, you're you're with full-time fantasy this year. Um, why do you let everybody know kind of what you're doing with them? Adam's been a very successful high-stakes player for a long time, uh, and now you're doing a, even a little more content than you were before.
2: Yeah, I do a, a weekly podcast on well, Wednesday nights just kind of recapping um, kind of storylines from uh, the previous week and then going into it, like a bunch of start sits for the upcoming week, and then I write a start sit article um, every week for them over at full-time. And I try to – with the article, I try not to – uh, i try to avoid like a lot of the like the the easier ones or the ones that are like hey start this guy who's in the top 12 I try to dig a little bit deeper so it's a little bit harder but i oh I, hopefully it's a little bit more h- helpful
0: yeah I write the sleepers article here at player profiler as well it's like a labor of love looking for those guys that are like yeah. very readily available but <laughs> hey you know adam it's a it's a fun week for that man we got uh-huh. the Mario douglas we got yes. we got we're, we're completely changing the narrative on on Royce Freeman. I'd like every podcast to refer to him as Rolls Royce for now on. And we're <laughs> going to have like a career renaissance. But guys, you know, we, you guys draft all summer. Mike, you're, you were doing underdog drafts, literally every second of the day, <laughs> Adam, you know, I could find you in a three, Adam, you're like, your three fifties. We're like, you're like living in those three fifties every single night, Um, you know, a, a, on multiple formats, but we take a long time with our process. We identify our ADP targets and then we get you know, eight weeks of sample size and it's a lot of it's completely changed. Some of them were big time hits, some of them were disappointments. But when you get to your biggest positive surprise for the season, who's that guy that, you know, you've really been impressed with the way they've played or really been impressed with their usage. Uh why don't you take this
1: one, Mike? It has to be Adam Thielen. You know, that, that that's a guy many of us just ignored all summer. And so much unknown, you know, but you try to, in those summer drafts, get a little weird, if you can, in the late rounds. You know, thinking of the Patriots, you mentioned Douglas already. I drafted Taequann Thornton a lot even, but, you know, make sure you get Kayshawn Boutte or Devontae Parker and, you know, whatever. Like, you still, you still don't know what you're going to see. Um, Thielen, I mean, what a, what a renaissance for him this year and a huge get if, if you have him on teams. Uh, they changed who's calling the plays in Carolina for last week, but it didn't, it didn't stop Thielen. There seems to be no other reliable option on that team. You've got a rookie quarterback trying to learn. So um, what a win for anybody who picked him Thielen. What a great call, Mike. And it's funny because
0: like Adam, you, you know, you, you come up with your own process for guys, but when you're in these really sharp drafts, you're also noticing where like the really sharp money's going on. So a couple of these guys and I, people were really taking Jonathan Mingo as we got to late in the summer. So I was like, you know, I got to play a little catch up here with a little Jonathan Mingo. And I felt like I was, you know, pretty sharp with Mingo. There was also some guys on DJ shark and Adam Thielen was just sitting there. Um, and a lot of people just completely brushed that one aside. That's one we're going to have to revisit in the off season. Um, and, and, you know, really look at how, how this was kind of missed because uh, he was healthy and the opportunity was there and a young quarterback has basically had, Tunnel vision for him all season long. Uh how about you, Adam? Who's the guy that you were was a big positive surprise for you?
2: Yeah, real quick and Adam Thielen, because he's a guy that I that, that I was on. He's a guy that has been a pleasant surprise for me as as well. Mike stole that one from me. Um, but uh I think it's all narrative street with Thielen. It's like, hey, it's you know, he's a coach on the field, he's an older guy going into the slot, the young quarterback can, can rely on him, uh, all that type of type of thing. So I don't know if we can learn a ton from that, except for maybe like older receivers, Bolden, Fitzgerald, a couple others when they go into the slot, they can still uh succeed. Speaking of older receivers, uh one of my kind of pleasant su- surprises, a guy that I didn't that I didn't have as much as I normally do, but Hall of Famer M- M- Mike Evans. He's been really kind of consistent for, for them, wide receiver 14 on the season. Um you know, well ahead of well ahead of where his AD ADP was, you know, questions about Baker Mayfield there. And he's just, um, you know, is he older? Are they going to trade him? That type of thing. Um, and he's just been week in, week out, consistent. Didn't have a good game um, last week or two weeks ago against against the Bills. Still still gets in the end zone. Still finds the end zone. So I think he's been like a consistent guy that, you know, you can plug in there as a, a low-end wide receiver one or high-end wide receiver two that maybe some people have
0: kind of given up on already. Yeah, it's funny because we've seen this every single year. And I talk about the money zone for wide receivers during the summer. These guys that are like the very end of the wide receiver two, all the way to the wide receiver four. Um, And every single year we see these veterans hit out of this zone. It was Brandon Cooks two seasons ago. Last year it was Amari Cooper and Tyler Lockett. And then this year it's like, you know, I see that happening, but I'm not going to take Mike Evans. And Mike Evans was kind of a guy where, you would kind of shrug your shoulders in some of these leagues where there was like a deep wide receiver runs and you'd say, I guess I'm going to take Mike Evans because it's like the end of a tier and it's like found money. So uh, I think that's another thing we need to revisit in the off season is veterans that that have produced big time in fantasy football, that get kind of beat up because we're a little scared of their quarterback situation. But I think a lot of these guys are a little bit quarterback averse in the sense that they're going to get the targets. They're going to get the usage and the production will be there. How about Mike, a guy that you were high on, or you just thought that was going to be a, a good fantasy player this year that's been a major disappointment for you?
1: Well, I'll say Jahan Dotson, but maybe that's about to turn around. I don't know. Like The, the key there might be Curtis Samuel's injury. And whereas, like I'm, I'm not beating myself up too much over not drafting Thielenmore, Moore. Good for Adam that he was doing that because, you know, a lot of those summer drafts, you, you really t- do sort of lean toward rookies for late season for the big the big money. And, you know, that doesn't have to. We're not sure that's wrong yet. You know, I mean, we're still only halfway through that. I do sort of get into myself a little bit about Dotson because Eric Biennemi always spread the ball around to lots of different targets with Kansas City. And Washington is doing that. So, you know, McLaurin has been okay. But Dotson has – he got to a point where he was really not startable. And, you know, he had a great day on everybody's bench last week. We'll see if that changes. Um, so, that's a guy I was really into this year, and it's not gone well. Maybe it turns around.
0: Yeah, the the unknown upside drafter really got jammed with Jahan Dotson. And I think that's the kind of profile that a lot of times we look for And when it starts to flash, we really get excited about it because second-year wide receivers are cheat code. We saw Jahan Dotson Dotson score the outsized number of uh, touchdowns. He had the first-round draft pick pedigree, and it's really burned a lot of people, especially when the time period in the summer, Mike, where you were probably drafting a lot of them was when McLaurin had the injury concern, and he steamed up in FFPC, FFWC, and FFC drafts where he was like a fifth-round pick. Um, In some of those YC premium uh, formats, sixth round pick in FFPC. So uh, that was a tough one. But like you said, there's a whole second half of the season. So a lot of those two and six John Johnson teams, you still have hope. Let's Mm -hmm. go. We'll we'll get it going. Uh, How about you, Adam? Who's a guy that you're disappointed with? And I'll say you can't talk about Aaron Rodgers being injured as your disappointment because I'm team Garrett Wilson with you. But it's still happening, man. Garrett Wilson is still happening, Adam. Let's let, we got a whole, we got a whole half season for him to get in wide receiver one land. That's that's right. No, Garrett, that's, that's certainly
2: disappointing. Um, it's for me, I'm going to, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. I'm going to go with uh, a guy for me is Elijah Moore. He was a guy that I thought getting out of New York, the talent that, you know, people said he had talent that I think that he has, he hasn't been hurt and to be, um, in a, on a Cleveland team that we thought would be a little bit more pet pass heavy. It just hasn't happened for him. One red zone target. I mean, he's still getting the 20% target share that we would have, would have hoped for, but one um, end zone target, you know, uh, yards per catch, like 9.5. Like, it's just not – there's nothing downfield for him. I think it was week two where they targeted him. Uh, it was a primetime game. I forget who it was. They, they targeted him like 12 times, and everything was like a sideline toe tapper, and it was high, and it was all this other stuff. It just hasn't – Clicked for him, and then the injury with the quarterback. Obviously, this situation there with with Watson certainly doesn't make it any better. So I was hoping for a for a breakout year here for Elijah Moore. And a lot of people talk about too. One of the things is like, oh, running backs get get, get hurt more, which which is true, which is why a lot of times receivers go higher. But for re, for receivers, there's there's a like a dual injury situation that you have to worry about. Like Garrett Wilson, like you have to hope Garrett Wilson stays healthy and Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. So the Elijah Moore, the same thing, Watson not being healthy, I think is certainly hurting him. And that's kind of like a double whammy that you have to do with kind of all of these receivers is, you know, the, the, the Bengals receivers weren't doing that well without Joe Burrow and you, the kind of the list goes on and on. So um, that's kind of a, something that, that I'm going to start to take into account more when I think about uh, taking these receivers a little bit higher.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting offseason. I'd love to get together with you guys and kind of talk about, like, the lessons we've learned when we get to there. But Elijah Moore starts steaming up again during the summer. So, like, you know, if you took him in the 11th round, you wouldn't really be worrying about it. But you ended up seeing Elijah Moore start creeping into the 7th round and then kind of settles into the 8th where there was a number of guys that have hit. If you would have simply gone running back in that range instead of Elijah Moore, you would have been feeling you know, really good about things. So let's take a quick question from the chat, because we're going to talk some lineup decisions in this uh, podcast. Uh, Jay Wimmers, good morning. I need one for PPR flex. Josh Downs, and Josh Downs might not play. Uh, he's he's banged up. Rashid Shahid, who's going up against a very soft Chicago secondary. Wondell Robinson, who could conceivably see a volume bump with no Darren Waller. Or... Your top five running back, Zach Moss. Which way are you going? Start with Mike.
1: I would play Downs if he's active, or else uh, Wandale Robinson. Uh, Robinson's in an interesting spot with Daniel Jones coming back. I feel like that offense will start, the offensive line is healthier. Finally, I feel like they're going to start to look better. And so, Waller out, I kind of like Robinson second half. Uh, Downs has been great, and Moss is a good name for the the first question, like biggest surprise of the season. I just got to think. Logically, that the Colts end up going more with Jonathan Taylor. Taylor was hurt maybe also last week. Uh, didn't really play very much in the second half. So that could get you to Moss.
0: You know, it, this cra- I love these, these lineup decisions because I definitely would have gone with Shahid or, or Moss. Curious what, what you're going with, Adam.
2: Yeah, I think if you need like a ton of points, I think Shahid is probably the play because he's either, you know, 30 or nothing. Um, but I, I lean, I do lean Moss here and it's just cause I just don't coaches. Once they get, once they get here, wherever here is, once they get here with these players, the Montgomery's and the Gibbs is like once they just don't go back until there's an injury. And so Carolina is the best, gives up the most fantasy points right now to running backs. So I think Indianapolis is going to run the heck out of the ball. That game shouldn't get like out of hand for them for Indy where they have to throw to catch up. So I just like Moss is a safe, probably like 15 points.
0: No, I love it. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Moss as well. Um, I think they don't have enough horses in Indianapolis that they're going to be able to get away from Moss. You talk about Michael Pittman's getting as much as he can handle. Josh Downs is playing very, very well. Taylor is going to get a lot, but they, you know, Zach Moss getting ten plus touches every single week with a little bit of work in the receiving game is going to be and enough. And goal to kind line of get carries
2: too. He's getting goal line and goal line too. carries. You know? And
0: Shane Steichen continues to sing his praises. So. Yep. You know, for better for worse, and you know it's funny because Mike, you you were obviously around Zach Moss, and and uh, you know Zach Moss being a Buffalo Bill, but I think people think of him as this older guy. He's only 25 years old. Uh, he's got a lot of a lot of juice left in the tank. So we're going to get to a lot more of these uh, situations. We're going to look at some of the big games this week uh, and help you out with your lineup decisions.
3: Right after we hear from a word from our sponsors. Beep. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out. Sleeper picks, baby. And game stacking is the path to positive returns with these pick'em games. Find that sneaky shootout and set most of the players to go over their projection for that week. Or you find a game gonna get dragged into the mud and take every member of the passing game for less than their projections that week. And if you... Pick up to eight. That's how you 100X your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy.
0: Welcome back to Press Coverage. I'm Theo Greminger, and I'm joined today by Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst, the co-hosts of The Deep End. (laughs) Uh, And guys, you know, we, we talked a little bit about our disappointments, a little bit of our surprises. Now let's get into talking a little bit of Buffalo Bills, because this week or excuse me, this past week, you heard that Leonard Fournette was signing with Buffalo and he ended up signing with him. This was a player that saw a kind of a mixed range in terms of the fab money spent on the waiver wire for him across these high stakes leagues. But it's a player that I'm pretty excited about. I'm curious how you guys see Leonard Fournette fitting into the Buffalo offense and also his effect on James Cook. James Cook was a guy that has had some mixed success this season, but has been, you know, for the most part, a locked in fantasy starter uh, pretty much everywhere. Let's start with Mike on this one. Were you surprised by Fournette landing with Buffalo and your expectations for him and the backfield moving
1: forward? Not really surprised once Damian Harris went out uh, that they would go get somebody else. It was Ty Johnson as well. Khalil Shakir is handling returns, Deontay Hardy. So I get it. I do think the Bills could end up, you know, turning to Fournette uh, to, to some significant role. And that wouldn't be good for Cook. It couldn't be good for Cook. I mean, Cook is also not a big guy and Fournette is, Latavius Murray has been goal line pass protection guy, and Fournette I predict will be an upgrade over over Murray, who has just not been effective at all goal line running. Uh, and Fournette has a good reputation not only for pass protection but for pass receiving. So I think he might end up being interesting here. Uh, I've been happy to bid on him in waivers this week. Uh, I don't I don't know if he'll play this week. I can't imagine if he, even if he's active using him this week, but. I think there, there's uh, a chance that he is relevant here down the stretch.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think that he's definitely the best goal back on the team. Um, and he's going to cut into James Cook's role as a receiver, which is really, really limits Cook. Adam, how are you seeing this? Were you able to add any Fournette this week on the waiver wire? Did you have some Fournette stashed?
2: I did have some Fournette stashed. I think Mike and I picked them up in maybe our main main event, too, uh, to get a, to get a piece of that. Um, I think Josh Allen is probably the best goal line back on the team, but they refuse to, they would rather turn around and go five yards backwards and hand it to Latavius Murray. And now Leonard Fournette, um, I think that for cook, um, best case scenario is that nothing changes that Leonard Fournette is Latavius Murray and does all the same things he does. And cook still gets the work he's been getting, which you know, if you drafted him where you were where you were getting him, you're still happy. I mean, RB16, I think, PPR on the season, which is higher than I would have had him had him going, but still he's not the goal line back. They don't throw enough to the running backs. But man, this schedule coming up. I mean, Mike probably knows better than I do. You got Cincinnati, you end up yeah, you have, you have the Chiefs, you got Philly, you got Dallas, you got the Chargers. I mean, they're gonna have to throw in these in these games. So maybe Cook does get a little bit more. But I think it's more likely that he does take a little bit of a hit because for because of Fournette's pass catching chops. I think Fournette, even though he's the bigger back, he might be their third down back because he blocks better. I get you know the big the the big knock is that Cook is a horrible p- pass blocker. And so you get Fournette out there as a great pass blocker and can catch. Um there might be roles reversed of what people think they should be, but I still still think you're gonna be okay with Cook if you're if you've been fine with what he's been doing so, so far.
0: Yeah, I just think for me it really limits his upside. I think, like, you know, your your roster construction probably means that James Cook is a fantasy starter for you for the rest of the season, even if that means he becomes like a 60% guy, which he kind of was with Lat Murray. But right. now you're actually going to see that the danger zone becomes that he gets the kind of the empty calorie touches and four nets getting the receptions and the goal line works. And then you're looking at more of an RB3. So it's a mess. And Mike, it's like our 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 summer debate just, yeah. just pivots because Mike and I talked during the summer about James Cook versus Damian Harris at length. It was a really fun one. Um, let's take a quick question for the chat, and then we're going to get back to the Bills. Here's a real gross one, and this is why we bring on Mike and Adam <laughs> because this one, you know, if you're listening on the pod, you don't have to look at it. But if you're watching on YouTube, Clayton Toon or Brett Rippin in the Superflex, this is uh this is a tough one, really tough one. I'm going to go with Brett Ripon, the veteran. Me
1: too. Mike's on me Brett. Too. Adam. I would, if he starts because, you know, tune at Cleveland.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And it's Green Bay for Rippon is a lot more forgiving, forgiving than that Cleveland defense. But Adam, talk up your boy, Clayton Toon. No way. Yes. I'm
2: going to go Rippon too, even though it makes me sick to say, I mean, people, it's funny listening to people talk about, I mean, all the podcasts was new during the week, like being a Bills fan, like his uncle. Destroyed us in the Super Bowl in 1992 or whatever it was. That's all I can think about, and no one is talking about that he comes from
0: a lineage of NFL quarterbacks. So I'm going to go with Rippin. I'll give you a, a Mark Rippin story. I was oh, a, wow. a, a young a young boy in the growing up in Washington D.C. and we went to Dulles Airport to pick up somebody at the airport. I think it was maybe picking up my mother from the airport or picking up a, an uncle or something. And we go to get a bite to eat at the Marriott next to Dulles airport. And it's the entire Washington Redskins team for some team function. And I'm like, my jaw drops. These are the guys I watch on TV. And I got to meet a number of them. And Mark Rippon like took like two minutes, took a bunch of pictures with, you know, me and and my my sister and all this kind of stuff, signed an autograph. So, you know, shout out, I'm sorry about your Buffalo Bills, but that was a legendary, (laughs) a legendary Washington team. Um, and that's it is kind of cool that, that that they're related. Uh, let's get back to the Bills, though, because my guy, Dalton Kincaid, is starting to really, really come on. Back-to-back weeks of looking like the real deal. Um, he c- catches a touchdown the last week. The week before, he catches eight passes. We have him – I mean, we'll, well, pretty much everybody at this point has him around tight end five in Dynasty, like locked in. You guys got a real one. How do you feel we should treat him for the rest of the season? Is this a guy that can challenge for tight end top five tight end numbers, or should we temper our expectations? And he's more of a you know a weekly starter, but a, a low end tight end one. Start with you, Adam. Uh, I love Kincaid in the yeah. rest of the season and in a dynasty. You know, I feel bad
2: because maybe like four weeks ago, I was telling people in non tight end premium, like you can go out and drop him, he's the second tight end, they're not really using him, and then Knox gets hurt. He's got the best tight end schedule remaining the rest of the season. His next three weeks are, are the best schedule the next three weeks since he, Denver, the Jets, as far as um, tight ends. And he's got it all to all to himself. Um, yeah, I really, really like him. Um, and tight end, top five in Dynasty. He might be, I don't know, top three for me in Dynasty yeah. with who he's attached to, Josh Allen for the next 10 years. He looks the part, right? He, does, he looks what we all thought and hoped he would look like. Athletic, fluid, all that type of stuff. Um, you know, I, I, what does concern me a a tiny bit is his touchdown this last week. Wasn't, it didn't look like it was, um, like he was the main target. Like Josh rolls out and kind of finds him in open open space. I'd like to see them target a little bit more to him down inside the 10 inside the 15, but yeah, you can't help but be excited about him. You got to love it. Right, Mike. You got to love
0: Kincaid's season.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I remember how excited about him you were in the summer it looks like it's set up really well for him. The, the thing about, like, the, the tight end matchups are interesting to consider because he doesn't really play tight end. Like, that is so it's more of a, a slot receiver kind of uh, role. And also, it will be interesting to see if the Bills choose to revert to the more, the two tight end personnel, like the 12 personnel, like they call it, when Knox is available. Like, Knox has been a real cog in their offense. He's never commanded many targets, but he, he's mattered. And he, they paid him accordingly. So I doubt Knox disappears here. And if he is on the field, what will that mean? You know, different matchups will, bring, like always, you know, bring, up, bring about different game plans and such. But they, they were maybe forced a little bit against Tampa Bay into the spread look. They ran no huddle. It was very different, which um, was great for Kincaid. It was great for Gabe Davis. It was great for Shakir. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Bills fans want to see more of that.
0: Let's stay on Shakir because I think he's interesting. You bring up the fact that they're spreading him out. We saw a lot more 11 personnel from Buffalo and am I crazy? Does it look better, Adam? Like it? Like having Shakir involved at the beginning of the year, first of all, there was like a log jam for the wide receiver three. Then you had the fact that they were in, you know, two tight end sets with Knox and Kincaid at times Now, Shakir at least has a temporary path towards viability. Last week has six catches, goes over 90 yards receiving. I picked him up in a number of places this week, and I feel like in some leagues I was kind of bidding against myself, but he had an 18% target share, played in 65% of the snaps. I think that in a lot of leagues that he's sitting out there as a free agent, he's going to be a waiver wire ad this week because I could see him having another four or five catches, another plus 65-yard receiving game against... Cincinnati uh your thoughts on Shakir Adam
2: Yeah I think you're absolutely right the offense just looked uh much better I mean he's just Shakir as a receiver he's nothing special but he's just better than Knox's as a receiving threat in every way I mean his hands are better he's faster he, he's he's a receiver he should be but I think the offense looks better too when you've got when you're instead of checking down to to, to Knox you're checking down to, to to Shakir and I will point out for and then hopefully too that keeps Kincaid at that tight end spot. Mike's absolutely right. If Kincaid's playing slot, you can kind of throw the tight end numbers away. But if we've got um, Shakir on the field and Kincaid playing tight end, that's kind of what you want. Um, and last year in the playoff game against Cincinnati, I think the only passing touchdown was to Cole, Cole Beasley in that game. So maybe you get Shakir in the slot, gets a you know gets a you get a heavy dose of that slot position against uh, the, the Bengals
1: this week.
0: Mike, anything to add on Shakir?
1: Just like I think, consider all that, and then. Back to Fournette because if that's their if that's their personnel grouping, Fournette is the running back. If he's, you know, still Fournette, which is whatever that's worth, he's the running back I'd want on the field. You know, he's checked down, he's pass protection. You you can't have a tight end get run over by, you know, a pass rusher all the time, and that's not where you want Kincaid to be living. So, um Fournette or or Murray, but I think Fournette sort of fits in well there.
0: At the very least, like the narrative that Fournette wasn't signing with an NFL team because he's out of shape, was one of the silliest things that that you could have seen when you actually saw him yesterday at practice, and he looked leaner than we've seen him in in years. The guy looked like considerably, you know, yoked up and kind of ready to rock. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm excited about Fournette. We'll see how this thing goes. We, We you really don't know until we actually see it on the field, but. At the very least, a big improvement over a 33 year old Latavius Murray. Here's uh, from the chat, and this is a gonna make a lot of you angry to read this sort of a question. Uh, shout out to Aaron Waldo in the chat. Which two would you play out of Puka Nakua, Garrett Wilson, and DJ Moore? All all strong wide receivers here. Adam, we got to eliminate <laughs> one of them.
2: Oh man, um, I would play. I would probably play Puka and get Garrett Wilson. I just think. Puka is just so involved in that, in that offense and get Garrett Wilson, obviously the man there. So I would go with Puka green Bay just traded the bills. One of their top corners. Um, obviously there's a quarterback situation there um, uh, for the Rams, but I just, I just trust Puka and obviously Garrett Wilson's my guy.
1: Mike, which one are you? Same. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I mean, Tyson Bajant, that's not really happening. So I would, uh, all three of those receivers are in quarterback quandaries, I guess, but I'd also start Nakua and Wilson there.
0: Here's a, a fun question from the chat. This is half-point PPR. My guy DeMario Douglas, Josh Downs, who's also my guy, and Khalil Shakir, half-point PPR. Uh, and I'm guessing we're picking one of them based on the question. Um, I'm going to say for me it's Josh Downs uh, if, he, if he plays. And then I would probably go DeMario Douglas as my second pick because I think he's going to be like a wide receiver three this week. Which way would you go? Start with you, Mike.
1: Same. Uh, Douglas is interesting. Like they're they're down receivers, and it's Washington this week. Uh, so yeah, I I trust that. I don't know. I'm not yet to the Shakir level, the Adams level of trust on Shakir, maybe, or just sort of like that that level of confidence there, because we've seen Deontay Hardy. They've got Sherfield. I mean, just I, I don't know if I want to trust that too much. Uh, let's let's see if he can sort of. We see the usage kind of repeat before I, I'd want to start Shakir.
0: Adam, anything to add? Douglas Downs or Shakir half point PPR? Yeah,
2: obviously, if Downs plays, it would be Downs, and then and then Douglas for me. Douglas is intriguing with all the injuries they have there now. Um, I mean, if he slides right into that that role, uh, he could be he could be a smash not a smash, like a wide receiver three rest of the season.
0: Shout out to Tyler Knebel in the chat. He's talking up his guy uh, Taylor Heineke. Heineke had four top 15 uh, performances last week, uh, top 15 weekly performances as the quarterback in Washington, won a number of games. Do you have any hope for him in Atlanta? At least the A dot was higher. He's attempting to push the ball downfield. No Drake London, but does Heineke excite you more than Ritter, Adam?
2: Absolutely. I think it's another guy. Mike, did we pick up Heineke in that one league this week? Do we have to, yes. it up to start him? Yeah. We yeah. wanted, we wanted Levis. I think we ended up getting Heineke. I'm, I'm excited about, this is crazy to say, I'm kind of excited about Heineke there with all those weapons. I mean, you still have to deal with the coach, uh, but with all those weapons there, um, you know, Minnesota's kind of reeling, you know, with Heineke, I get like the Gardner Minshew vibes, right. Where he's just going to go out there and just sling it and, you know, get it to all of his, all of his weapons. I mean, Desmond Ritter, Some of, we saw it in the preseason games where he's throwing balls, Eight feet over pits' his head. He's got a cut. I mean some of these throws are so bad. If if Heineke can just be better than that, I think it helps. Um, I'm kind of more excited for the rate for the uh, Falcons players around him than I am for Heineke himself, but I think uh, Heineke certainly can be like a like a spot start this week.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a, a, a fun a fun one. Mike, your thoughts on Heineke?
1: I I agree. There should be more there for fantasy, at least. He's got to play well enough to stay in the role. They're in first place, so (laughs) like, it's very similar to what Washington's situation was. I mean, he started in the playoffs against Tampa uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago. So, uh, I, I I echo what Adam said. I think dare I say it, Kyle Pitts is especially interesting in that group without London, and it's hard to really even name guys in the passing game after him. So maybe that's good for uh, Pitts. Something someday hopefully will be good for him.
0: <laughs> yes, we, we really need that to happen. And I, I actually wrote about Heineke in my, in my Sleepers article. And uh, yeah, it could be a Pitts day because he likes to push it downfield. Pitts getting downfield for a big one. You would love to see it. We have a defense question. Um, can, and this is a New England defense that's been struggling uh, struggling at times. But uh, you know, at home this week in a game that they can win against a Washington team, that just got rid of their two best pass rushers. So it could be like a weird game flow. Falcon defense going up against Jaron Hall, who's getting the spot start uh, from Minnesota. Uh, Then you have the Chargers defense against Zach Wilson on Monday Night Football or the New York Giants defense against AOC. And it's just such a good nickname for for Aiden O'Connell to be AOC. You see these tweets and you probably have like political people reading them and being like, what are they talking about? And uh, football people reading an AOC tweet and thinking that, You know They're talking about AOC, the quarterback. It's just amazing. So which defense would you go with, guys, on this one? This is a tricky one.
1: Don't overthink it. That would be the first thing I would say because it's just – all this is so hard to be right. It's so random, and especially when it comes to defense. So these are all good. Even the Raiders against the Giants in that same game at the end there on that list. But um, Sam Howell with the sacks. Uh, Belichick against the quarterback gets sacked all the time. I'd be on the Patriots, I think.
2: Yeah, I don't think you want to overthink it. Like you said, I mean, there's so many good options this week with the with the horrible with the horrible quarterbacks. But New England's the one that sticks out to me because again, you want in, in a lot of these leagues, right? You don't get any fantasy points unless you get a, a, a score from your defense. So what creates scores? It's havoc on the defensive line, and what is that? That's New England versus the, the Commanders with all the sacks. He's getting strip sacks, pick sixes, stuff like that. So I would go that route because a lot of these other games, like you get Zach Wilson, he's probably just going to hand the ball off to Brees Hall a bunch of times, and they're going to try to keep him out of out of trouble. So I like the I like the New England defense.
0: Yeah, th- for me I think it's uh the Giants defense or it's it's the New England defense. Um and I think that like starting the Raiders defense against the Giants could also be an interesting one. I know that there's optimism for Daniel Jones, but I think they'll be inspired with the coaching change. And Adam and Mike, you know, you guys play high volume. So mm-hmm. I said this uh yesterday in First Class Fantasy and a couple people in the chat thought it was like a sicko comment. But I want to start Sam Howell but I also want to have some New England defense rocking across multiple teams because I could see this game going any way. I could see Sam Howell like lighting them up, or I could see this being a Sam Howell. They Billich's like this is like a Billich game where he's able to watch and say, "Oh, you know what? That's a blitz. Sam Howell will never be able to pick up." And it's three interceptions, four sacks. New England wins this game easily. I think there's a huge range of outcomes here. Uh, so, Adam, I thought you could you could appreciate. Do you ever? Have action on both sides when you're when you're dealing with your defenses.
2: Well, I think in a situation like this, I think it can be both. Like Howell can throw a pick six, get sacked six times, and have four hundred yards passing and three <laughs> touchdowns. Like it can be both in in certain situations. So, and I think that could be one of them. I mean, Howell isn't good, but he's a top eight fantasy quarterback on the season for that reason. So, um, yes, I totally get what what, what you're saying.
0: Let's take another question from the chat. Half-point PPR, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, or DJ Moore? First world problems. Pick one. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it, Gary. Uh, the quarterback change in in uh, in Minnesota with Jaron Hall, we don't really know what to expect, but difficult to, to bench Jordan Addison. Which way are you going here, Mike? Uh, pick one hmm. of the three.
1: Probably Flowers, but really tough. Yeah, you made the point on Addison. Addison Addison's been so good. Yeah. You know, maybe job one in that passing game for Jaron Hall is to find Addison. But that could be Hawkinson. It could be a heavy run run game. It's 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 a it's a gamble. It's it's a situation where you want to have these kind of options on a player like that. You know, a lot of teams with Addison are not going to have a, a good plan B. But Flowers, after kind of a, a light game against Arizona, I like him at home against Seattle. That's a game that, you know, both offenses are clicking uh, Baltimore's defense has been very good, but Seattle has has horses. So uh, I kind of like the the idea of Flowers this week.
0: I like Flowers as well. It just feels like a Flowers game. I think that's going to be actually a very underrated game. It would probably be the fourth best game of the week if we had to rank them. But uh, that'll be a very fun game nonetheless. Adam, your thoughts on which player you would pick of these three? Yeah, Flowers is the same. Uh, Seattle coming, coming west. Uh, I'm sorry, Seattle
2: coming east, uh, 29th team against fantasy receivers this season so it's a beautiful matchup
0: for him guys what are your expectations for Devonte adams we saw a very very frustrating game to say the least uh josh mcdaniels and the general manager were both like let out to pasture and i think this was several weeks too late for mcdaniel um Devontae adams saw extremely low usage in like two games recently it's been a frustrating season for Devonte adams managers i'm Cautiously optimistic, we saw what Will Levis did for DeAndre Hopkins with a sort of tunnel vision for your for your alpha wide receiver. Do we see the same thing happening with Devontae Adams this week? Adam, start with you. I really
2: hope so. And I listen, I I certainly thought that the coach should have been, should, should have been fired, but a lot of that stuff last week wasn't necessarily his fault. I mean, he schemes Devontae Adams wide open for 200 yards worth of touchdowns. And Garoppolo launches it over his head. Now you can blame the GM and the coach for having Garoppolo in there, but um I do think this is gonna to, going to be one of these situations. And I think I read that you know the players will run through a wall for Antonio Pierce. I know that kind of sounds cliche, but you get a guy like Pierce who's a player, former player, he's just gonna kick the door into the OC's aspect. Like, Listen, throw Devontae Adams the freaking ball on every on every single play. So I think that this is this will be a big week for him. Um, targets-wise, hopefully. Obviously, the quarterback situation—can they get it to him consistently? But I think this could be a monster week for, for, for Adams, and hopefully, go go going forward as, as well. Your
1: thoughts, Mike? Yes, it's it's different. I agree, it's different from from Minnesota, like where Addison is kind of like short-term concern. Maybe it's Joshua Dobbs next week, and you'd expect Addison to, and maybe Jefferson comes back, and there's you know the the future is is bright there. It's just I'd be careful this week in terms of Adams. Like it's sort of the opposite for me this week. Like Adam laid out. I, I'm excited about about him, just like with the, the coaching change. I think, you know, we'll be hearing about tanking a lot with certain teams. The Raiders are now, you know, this, this, this change at quarterback, coach GM, we'll be looking at just how high of a pick they can get. They have passed on quarterback in the draft and done things like sign Garoppolo, but you'd think that this year they would actually get Wi-Fi and prepare for these drafts and do well and get to one of these quarterbacks and, You know, that is maybe a situation where late in the season, Adams goes away like Derek Carr did last year when he had a I think he had a contractual thing where if he got hurt, his money would be guaranteed. But they're just basically like, let's shake hands and and you can go you can start your winter vacation or whatever early. Uh, So down down the line, I think it could be precarious with Adams, um, but maybe not. And short term, I'm excited about him.
0: I'm extremely excited about him. I think if you're in a trading league, it's a great time to go in uh, and go try to, you know, make an offer and see if somebody has that fear. And I love the, you know, your take on Antonio Pierce. Very, very cool, um, you know, take Adam. The guy was a, the last head coaching job he had was Long Beach Poly, a California (laughs) high school powerhouse. Um, So it's kind of like, you know, this is like a real opportunity. Sometimes we see these interim coaches, do very well. I don't anticipate they're going to win a lot of games, but I think that he's at least, you're not going to see this train wreck and you're going to see the right guys being featured. And the kid Aiden O'Connell, um, you know, he passed for a ton of yards uh, at Purdue and he looked good in the preseason. So it cannot get worse than, than what we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer. I mean, what was that even? So guys, let's uh take one question from the chat from Anthony. Are we starting Aiden O'Connell or you got it guys for the, for the questions, you got to give Jaron Hall his props and write his name out. You can't write Minnesota quarterback, but we'll give you a, we'll give you a break on that, Anthony. So Aiden O'Connell or Jaron Hall, two rookie quarterbacks, which one are you going with the quality of the offensive skill positions in Minnesota or our, our dead cat bounce game for, for Devontae Adams, Mike, which way would you lean in?
1: I would go Raiders. I would go O'Connell here. Um, it's how, how do you know? Like he at least has a start. It's the giants. Like, there's potential with Adams, you know, there's potential where he can put up a decent stat line for you. There's also that for Minnesota. But just what, what I've heard is more pessimism about his qualifications, Hall, uh, than, than O'Connell. O'Connell was kind of a preseason, a little bit of a preseason star. I'd go there.
2: Adam. Yeah, same, same here. He's uh, at home. You know, and I think all the stuff that's going on with the Raiders, they're a complete disaster. And I think they're still favorites. That's how bad the Giants are. So it's like, uh, yeah, at home and it's in relying on Devontae Adams having that, you know, and Jacoby Myers, too, isn't bad either. And Josh Jacobs and all that stuff. So I think he's just had he has a good supporting cast and uh, a better wide receiver one.
0: I'm going to go with Aiden O'Connell as well. I just have a fear that the Minnesota-Atlanta game is going to be like an Arthur, Arthur Smith-like dream game, like a 2017 game where it's a lot of running backs. I think we're actually going to see a lot more Alexander Madison and Cam Akers than we'd really care to see. I think they're both getting an outsized number of touches. So I'm going to go with Aiden O'Connell, a.k.a. AOC. Uh, guys, here's the one question from the chat. Flex question. DK Metcalf coming off a very high targeted game. Mm. Rashi Rice in the arguably the game of the year um, with no offense to the Buffalo Miami game. That was the game of the year early, Mike. But now we're we're at a new time. So now KC Miami is the game of the year. More mm-hmm. Chuba Hubbard in half point PPR. Which way are you going here? It's DK Metcalf for me. Which way are you going, Adam?
2: Man, I usually like to like to lean running back when I when when I can, and 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 uh, if Carolina can if make him keep him the, the the guy there. But it would kind of be more of like a panic play. But I I like I like Rice this this week. You know, in a absolute shootout, uh, fun game. Um, now I know the Kansas City defense secondary uh, pass defense is better than we think it is. Um, and so it might not be the big shootout that we want it to be, but I'm hoping for that shootout. I'm hoping to be able to watch that rice could have had a, he had nine fantasy points this week, could have had a monster week, drops a ball over the middle. He's wide open. He could still be running after that drop. So I think, I, I think I want to go rice here.
1: I I'm Metcalf. Um, I respect that. I mean, that could certainly be the right answer and Hubbard. I guess, I mean, it didn't go so well that I want to assume he's just like their number one running back now and there's nothing more to say about it. Um, Metcalf, 14 targets last week. He's close to like a big day. So I wouldn't want to bench him.
0: Yeah, it's 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 Metcalf. You can't go away from that sort of target volume, especially in, in a huge game against Baltimore where they might have to pass a little bit more than they would like. Uh, question from the chat, half point PPR, start one here. Roshon Johnson, who's been disappointing with this big split backfield and Bajan as the quarterback. Rashad Bateman, who has been extremely disappointing for drafters, but has shown some signs of life. Or Michael Wilson, who we're excited for, but when Kyler Murray gets back, this is a very difficult one. Let's start out with Adam.
2: Yeah, I would go. Man, I love Bateman so much, but I'm gonna go Roshan. Just hoping that they may, that they flip the switch this week. Maybe they're easing Roshan back in. I'm waiting for that for, for that Roshan game. I'm hoping he didn't lose his his chance. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Roshan here. I'm Roshan me, as well, Mike. Your thoughts? Me
1: too. Yeah, Downs a be place, but you know, I, I would say the same. The other two receivers are just too risky. Yeah.
0: Guys, one wide receiver that's been absolutely a huge breath of fresh air, a guy drafted in that money zone, a beat-up asset during the during the draft season, is Michael Pittman. Your overall thoughts on how Pittman's look this year, I mean, to me, the guy's a locked-in wide receiver one. There's a chance he hits 190 targets this year. Uh, and if Josh Downs misses, I think you're looking at maybe a 15-target game this week. Adam, your general thoughts on Michael Pittman, uh, how you view him going forward?
2: Yeah, I gotta be honest. I don't have a lot of Michael Pittman. Um, w- wish I had more. Obviously, um, I was on uh, Richardson as the quarterback there, but I thought Richardson could get there without passing, and he was. But he also had had the passing involved too. So yeah, Pittman, I think is great moving forward. You know, you have a quarterback there that is just a, a guy that we can trust to just get the ball to the weapons that need to need to get the ball in Gardner Minshew. So. Um, I really like Pittman. Pittman's kind of like the lower A dot um, over the middle guy, which works great for what, for like Minchu and what, what he likes to do and his arm strength and all that. You know, 28% target share on a team that, you know, could win the division. They've got a good stable of backs. So, um, so we'll see there. But no,
1: I definitely like uh, Pittman moving forward.
0: Mike, anything to add on Michael Pittman?
1: Not not really. Uh, the the Col- Colts games I've heard have more plays on average than any other team's games this year. The the defense is bad, and, you know, you can get into situations where, as you're seeing with Indianapolis, where the scoreboard gets lit up. That New Orleans example last week, there were 39-38 with Cleveland. You know, some strange things are happening in Indianapolis games. So, um, yeah, he's in a great spot.
0: We love it. Big shout-out to the defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. Keep it going, man. It's helping out our fantasy teams. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Here's a question in the chat. Tank Dell or DeMario Douglas rest of season. This is a difficult one. I think I am still, despite my love of DeMario Douglas, I think I'm going with my with my previous love of Tank Dell. I think Tank Dell has a big bounce back week this week. Last week was a, just a terrible game flow in the Carolina-Houston game. I think this week will be a lot better. Your thoughts on Tank Dell versus Douglas, Adam? I think
2: I'm going to go Douglas here. I want to bet on the on the kind of the unknown. I mean, he's looked he's looked good so far, and what what he's done. And if he can get that that role, um, on a team that um, you know, has a really good schedule, down the fourth best remaining schedule. I know they do have a bye week left, but Washington defense, Indy defense, like like you said, Chargers in the in the middle there, Denver, Pittsburgh. So I think um, they can be uh, the Patriots uh, can throw on on some teams. Now I'm not necessarily sure that they really want to. But I think if he can get um, the shares of the guys that are out hurt now, I think he can certainly produce.
1: Mike, I I would keep Dell. I mean, that's uh, been very promising. Douglas is okay, but I'd rather have the Houston offense than New England. Uh, I didn't know the schedule point. It's interesting, but I I would not want to be dropping Tank Dell. Figure out another way to, to get Douglas on your team. (laughs) it's a
0: it's a it's a ceiling versus floor scenario too and you've seen the the big ceiling games out of dell i think the argument for douglas is douglas is going to be a guy that i'm going to be able to go get 11 12 points from but i don't know if he has that ceiling i trust cj stroud so much more than i trust mac jones although mac jones has a really really fun matchup this week against a washington defense that's just gotten shredded by opposing quarterbacks uh guys we have The a team that's been really frustrating for fantasy managers is the Green Bay Packers. If everything being equal, which Packers can you trust at this point, if any? Start with you, Mike.
1: Yeah, that's a that is a it's a bad scene. Um, I was betting on Jordan Love to succeed. I thought the organization sort of deserved some benefit of the doubt that with his being their first round pick, years of prep behind the scenes, I. My logic was they were never taking Aaron Rodgers out for, for love. So it didn't mean anything to me that he hadn't really gotten a chance yet. And they did nothing really behind him. So I thought all the arrows were pointing up on him, but just too erratic uh, so far to give anybody in that offense much fantasy value. A.J. Dillon just does not look good. There's, there's not much efficiency there. And you don't know if Aaron Jones is even healthy. Like They haven't even given him the rollback that we're used to from Aaron Jones. I, I do want to have Jones on my bench if I can, because I do think, you know, maybe his injury has held him back. And they've just got nothing to lean on to this point. So you'd think they'd want to they'd want to get there with Jones. Uh against a Rams team that's beatable this week. Maybe this is the week for that. But Dobbs's touchdowns are are saving him. Uh Watson, just no real consistency there yet. The tight end is interesting, but just not not a lot of You know production. Um, Yeah, it's it's not great. It's a really big
0: mess too, Mike and Adam. I think you'll appreciate this because they're like they're all purgatory guys. They're guys that we cannot cut, but we really can't trust in our lineups. So they're they're guys to prevent us from like churning the waiver wire as well. It's hard to get away from a from a like a like a Romeo Dobbs who's been saving himself with touchdowns. Jaden Reed has shown enough promise that you know you're happy to have him, but you can't really put him in there. And then Christian Watson gets eight targets last week. We all I mean, I I when when Christian Watson caught the touchdown against Detroit, I thought, hey, this is going to start really going in his favor, but it's just not there. Um, and then the backfield is like AJ Dillon, you want to drop, but you know, he's like right there, rosterable. And then Aaron Jones, you can't get rid of him either. Adam, your thoughts. Anybody to trust on this Green Bay offense, anybody you'd want in your lineup this week against Los Angeles.
2: Um, that's, that's tough. Cause I think if you got Watson where you took him, if he's healthy, you're starting him in the Rams, defense <coughs> has given up a ton to the receivers as well. You know, he's QB, uh, you know, love is QB 14 on the season because all the injuries and stuff, like he still hasn't necessarily killed you. He has not looked good, but you know, he also, he's a, a young quarterback in terms of starts in the NFL loses Christian Watson early in the year, loses Aaron Jones early in the year. And it's just like AJ Dillon stinks. The rest of the receivers are meh. So I do want to kind of give him a little bit of something, but no, I'm, I'm not looking to start uh love or any of these guys. Uh, but love could be a sneaky start this week with all of the, you know, the
0: five or six quarterbacks you kind of have at the bottom of the list here. Let's test your Aaron Jones enthusiasm, Aaron <laughs> Jones or Brian Robinson of the Washington commanders.
1: Robinson probably, um, just they, they they've cut into him a little bit too with Washington, but he, he's their number one uh, and goal line stuff. I think I would play Robinson. He's he's like sort of a classic floor kind of play. Uh, and Jones, I just I don't know what what he's dealing with uh, the offense and everything we just went over. So I'd go Robinson.
2: Adam, I think I would lean Jones just because it scares me. Like because when they decide to, if they decide to kind of give him the rollback, like, I don't want to miss it. Um, and I don't think Robinson with his lack of pass catching is going to absolutely make me regret it. So, like, I think I think I, I want to be there when Aaron Jones gets his, you know, his 13 carries and his six catches and goes for 150 in a score. So um, I would lean Jones.
0: Now, a lot of times during this time of the year with injuries, bye weeks, you know, we're, we're a lot of times we're having a dumpster dive mm-hmm. for some of our starts. One guy that's a little bit interesting. I'm not going to waste your time on a Keontae Ingram question um, because we're not going to be excited to have to use him if De Mercado misses. We're not excited to use De Mercado, but one situation I think we can kind of squint and get excited about, relatively speaking, is Devin Singletary if Damian Pierce misses. I have a lot of Singletary. Damian Pierce, I don't think, is going to play this week. And Singletary has seen his two highest snap shares in the past two games. Uh, he went north of 50% in week six. Last week was like 47% snap share. The targets have not been there in volume, but he's got like two a game. Um, do we have any hope for for Devin Singletary if he gets the backfield presumably to himself with a little bit of Mike Boone mixed in? Uh, right. Mike, you start with Devin, Devin Singletary.
1: I, I have not been able to bring myself to go out and, and add Singletary to my team. I still like Pierce more as a running back, but you know, what matters is what they think. And they've obviously used three guys now. You mentioned Boone. That, that's probably right, right to include him at this point. So, you know, it's sort of like other guys we've talked about, maybe Robinson too, if Pierce is injured. I would never want to play Singletary if Pierce isn't, isn't if he is active, right? But um, if he's not, you've got a guy that's probably looking at 20 touches, maybe, in, in the game against Tampa. So that shouldn't be too terrible.
0: Adam, your thoughts on Singletary?
2: Yeah, some of man, I have so many teams that were like hero RB or zero RB with the bye weeks this week and the injuries. Kyron Williams isn't back. HN, I'm like squinting at Boone here. <laughs> I'm like, man, can Boone get twelve touches in this in this game? Can he be an RB three? Maybe um, the Tampa Bay defense, when Vita Vea is there, is a really tough defense to run on. But um, but yeah, no, I get the Singletary point. But if like you said, if Singletary is going to get fifteen touches. Um, I think you kind of have to start him in certain s- situations where you've got the injuries and the bye weeks, but Boone might be like a Sunday morning pickup on a team or two of mine where i like, can you get me nine points to so something like that?
0: It's uh it's the Mike Boone corollary, Adam. If you pick him up, if you pick him up and you leave <laughs> him on true. your bench, if he's on your bench, he you could get a 15-pointer. Yeah, but if he's in your lineup. He's going to get a four pointer. So yep. be, be, tread lightly, my friend. Let's talk about some of these really, really good games this week. Okay. We got the Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Who wins the game and who is the fantasy MVP of the game this week? Mike, start with
1: you. Okay. Well, um, CD Lamb coming off a huge game last week. I'll go with Dallas on the road. Mike Parsons. Um, maybe they, they get Philadelphia here and lamb keeps it going so i'll I'll go that route
0: Adam your thoughts
1: I'm gonna go
2: Philly and this is so chalk I'm gonna go Philly AJ AJ Brown I just think that he's a monster obviously um and you know Dallas Dallas gets there on defense with their pass rush and the Eagles line is really good and Dallas lost their number one corner earlier in the year so I just think it's going to be Philly and AJ Brown
0: so yesterday yesterday on First Class Fantasy with uh, Dave Kluge and Billy Muzio, I said it's going to be Philly, and I think A.J. Brown has a game. But if you recall last year, Devonta Smith had the monster game against Dallas with the two touchdowns. I think it's actually going to be a Devonta Smith two-touchdown game again. I think he's going to be the difference maker. You're gonna get You're going to get another strong week from Devonta Smith as he kind of balances out the season. Let's stay with the big one, Mike, Buffalo-Cincinnati. Who wins the game? Who is the fantasy MVP of the game?
1: I'm, I'm not going against our Bills, so I'll say the Bills, they're a, a, only like a three-point, two-and-a-half-point underdog at the Bengals. Really interesting and so for so many reasons, this game, what happened between these two teams last year and in the, in the playoff game as well. Uh, how do they do it? I mean, Diggs, right? We're, we're out here talking about Davis and Kincaid and everybody else on the team, but Diggs just continues to, to – produce, I mean, definitely paying off a first round draft pick in fantasy yet again, I, I, I'd go there.
2: Adam. Yeah, I go, um I go Bills and I go J- Josh Allen. I just think he's, I just think he's, uh, this is, this reminds me of Kansas City a couple of years ago where he couldn't get over the hump, couldn't get over the hump. And then he went in there, he went crazy and beat them at, in, in Kansas City. I think every time he beats him, it's in Kansas City. Um, because they don't come here, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, I think Allen's gonna have a, a vintage Allen game running, throwing, they need it, they need it to win the game because this Cincy D- offense is gonna probably light up this Bills D- defense.
0: I'm gonna say that it's gonna be a balanced Buffalo game, and you have a career high, uh, from Dalton Kincaid 85 yards receiving, seven catches, and a touchdown. Yes, Diggs also plays well, but it's Kincaid season, guys, that's the answer. Uh, <laughs> and then let's go Miami, Kansas City. This is a 9 30 game. Everybody gets this. The great thing about this weekend, guys, is all three of these games are spaced out. You don't have to make a decision here. You're watching the 9 30 game, Miami, Kansas City. Who wins the game and who is the fantasy MVP? Let's start with Adam on this one.
2: Theo, I am so excited. Not that anybody cares about this. My son is finally done with football season. (laughs) This is the first week I get to sit down all day and watch football. 9 30, if Bill's game to, to, to cap off the night. Uh, so hopefully this this Germany thing doesn't ruin the potential of the of this game um, with with the time change and all all that stuff. I I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Miami and I'm gonna go tight ty, to Tyreek Hill in a revenge game. He already told them they're gonna get this smoke. Like I just think he gets there and I think I think Mike McDaniel is kind of into that type of type of thing with his players. So I think Tyreek Hill sees you know, 15 touches or targets or carries or whatever, the whole thing, and just, just goes nuts.
0: You know, I'm on the flip side of you, not on your prediction, because I had the exact same prediction, but I rarely have to do anything early morning Sunday, but my daughter has a gymnastics tournament on Sunday. So it's 8.15, <laughs> you get there and you're there until it's over. So I'm going to be watching this game in the condensed version, uh, you know, on the NFL app. I'll watch the half an hour version, but I'm going to be like, the guy looking at my phone when my daughter's not 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 out there, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough pup. but you got to do what you got to do. Um, Tyreek Hill revenge game, I think it's like we'll look back in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, with Tyreek Hill being one of the better wide receivers to ever play the game, and say, how could one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game, one of the best offensive minds to ever coach the game, how could this thing have gotten split up? It may be cost you know, tons of wins and maybe a couple of Super Bowls, but Tyreek Hill is going to remind Kansas City about who he is. Miami lost to Buffalo. Miami lost to Philadelphia. This is their chance to get a big marquee win uh, in Germany. I think they do it, and I think they do it by a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be a down-to-the-wire game. I think Miami's going to get this one done. Uh, Mike, your prediction for this game and the fantasy
1: MVP? I will pick Tyreek Hill as well, but I'll take the Chiefs to win uh the chiefs after a loss where they scored 9 points i don't like picking against them almost ever and maybe you know their their defense has been so good kansas city too like that's the story of their season so far if it's not taylor swift so i will say like pacheco kind of like sort of that i mean i don't think they explode against miami's uh defense it's possible <laughs> it's possible uh if If that happens, you could be talking Kelsey or or Rice, who we talked about earlier. But um, the the Dolphins have to beat somebody good. They have yet to beat somebody good, so I'll take Kansas City.
0: I love it. You guys were extremely generous with your time and your takes. I highly recommend that you subscribe to the Deep End podcast. It's excellent. Mike, let everybody know where they can find your work, where they can find you on Twitter.
1: At Shope Talk, S C H O P P T A L K. You can listen to my weekday show and usually Bill's post game. We don't do the night games, but, you know, when they play Sunday afternoon uh, with the Bulldog on the Odyssey app or at WGR550.com. And Adam and I are on together on the Player Profiler Network Tuesday nights, 830 Eastern, Deep End FF1.
0: Right here on Player Profiler YouTube, you can watch all of the shows and you can also listen to it as a podcast. Adam, you're, uh will let everybody know where they can find your work as well.
2: Yeah, I do a uh, bunch stuff over at Full Time fantasy from articles to podcasts with them. So you can find me there uh, Wednesday nights at eight 30 at full-time fantasy on the YouTube channel. There, Um also a podcast form as well. And then obviously with Mike to Tuesday nights, eight 30 at the deep end.
0: And if you enjoyed these start sit sort of questions and help Billy Muzio and Bradley Stalder are doing the uh, dominator every Saturday night right here on player profiler YouTube. That is not a podcast. That's a YouTube only show Uh, Shout out to the chat. You guys were great today. Please smash the like button. Check out my episode of First Class Fantasy that Billy Muzio and I put out uh, yesterday with Dave Kluge. Uh, That was a really, really fun one. And I just started out Dynasty Life, my my solo Dynasty podcast. I had Ryan McDowell, who's one of the sharpest Dynasty minds there is in fantasy, as my first guest. And stick with us here at Press Coverage. We're going to do the best we can to help you win your league, to help you dominate your weeks. and to help you get that roster ready for the fantasy playoffs. Enjoy the week of football. It's the best Sunday of the year, best week of of football for the entire season. Uh, We're going to get it. Have a great day, guys.